Because retirement, by the way, is not an age. Retirement is, do you have enough passive income? Do you have enough active income? Do you have your bill situation straightened out? Or are you now a producer instead of a consumer? I live in an apartment and on my wall, I have the producer's manifesto, which says that as part of the story, you need to shift to be a producer and you need to leave your consumer self behind. Do you often wonder whether there's more to life than your nine to five job? Do you dream about having a life that has no boundaries, where you can decide what to do and where to do it? And does the thought of how to get that life maybe overwhelm you just a little bit? Then this is the podcast for you. Join me as I uncover how to get that freedom and live a life that needs no retirement plan. I'll be scouring the internet and chatting with people from all walks of life who are out there living life to the max instead of punching a time card. I'm Jackie Doucette, and this is Beyond Retirement. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Beyond Retirement. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by SJ Barraconi. And SJ started out like most of us did in the corporate world. But after about a decade of that, he was terribly uninspired, and he decided to move into the entrepreneurial realm as an educational disruptor and innovator. He's now a CMA, consultant, mentor, and advisor. And he's the founder of SBSL, Service Before Self Leadership, which offers educational solutions to individuals, families, small businesses, and faith institutions. SJ's business model includes designing and or implementing customizable solutions for business owners to address three deep fundamental problems within the traditional approach to the K-12, college, university, and also graduate tracks of education in America. SJ, thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me on, and um, I look forward to serving you and your audience. That's wonderful. Let's start with the, uh, the last thing that I mentioned, the uh, business model. Um, what exactly are the three deep fundamental problems that you see with a traditional uh, approach to education? I would roll them up because here's what I did, um, Jackie, is I, I started with 15, Okay. And I said, well, you know what? People are going to identify with a smaller number. And then you can expand out the flower from there. So the three that I would use as the foundation of what's wrong with the, um, with the system at the deepest levels at all the tracks, the first one is the almost complete omission of teaching people soft life and interpersonal skills. That is a biggie. And from there spawns off again, different um, spokes off the hub. The second is the lack of instilling and sharing the, um, what I refer to as the E-pathway, okay, which is considered the entrepreneurial pathway. Because I have come up with four pathways that people can pursue professionally at various stages of their life. You have the A, which is academia. You have the S, which is shorthand for public service. You have C, which is corporate. And then E is entrepreneurial. So that second big one is most of these levels, phases, tracks, public, private institutions, rural, suburban, urban, all across the board tend to miss out on that E pathway. Right. And then the third that I would point to is the almost 
complete vacuum or black hole when it comes to financial wellness, literacy, economics, understanding of money versus currency, um, investment versus expense, these very basic things that would that connect back to the people soft skills, connects back to the entrepreneurship e-pathway, and it's basically almost like a little a little circle. And all three of those are, you know, there's like little arrows chasing each one. And those three are the biggest challenges. And then from there, like I say, you can spoke out from there into the 15 that I came up with originally. Wow. Uh- I, uh, I think I agree with you completely. Um, we're definitely not taught a whole lot of the soft skills of relationships. Um, we're taught to get an education, which is a book learning type of thing. And we're taught to go out and make money, but we're not taught about what to do with it. And that, I think that's a, a huge failing of not just American, but you know, North American, European systems. They're all... Uh, they're all doing that. So let's talk a little bit about how you're going about changing that. Um, what do you do with your uh, service before self leadership? Is that is that involved in this sort of thing? Um, it is. Um, so this is the first of the two primary businesses that I have, and it actually directly led to the second. So it's the best way to start answering. So. What I do is I will, I've branded Service Before Self Leadership as SBSL as a part of the brand, and then I roll it out from there because the key thing to understand is Service Before Self, the first three words, are one of my four core tenets of the business, the mantras, serving before myself, giving before getting. And then the leadership is a hinge or a pivot. It's again, like another hub, because I believe that in four main types of leadership, and of course, you and your audience, I'm sure can come up with 20 more, but the four that I believe in and wish to impart through the soft skills side of the business and elsewhere is thought leadership, being a thought leader, replicative, being able to replace myself and to be able to pay forward gifts and skills and experiences that I've earned and experience. Uh, Next would be um, conscious leadership, being head, heart, spirit, and soul in alignment. And then lastly would be um, servant leadership. So I get to deal with a lot of people in all parts of society, but a lot of parts of society, as I'm sure you can attest, Jackie, you have this pyramidal structure, okay, this hierarchy. And servant leadership broken down to some of its base elements is taking the pyramid and inverting it. And so those are the four. Now, when we start with that understanding, again, it's an educational solutions provider. So I look at every one of the four services that I offer as a small slice of a solution to deal with these very three big fundamental problems. And I do that through one-on-one mentoring. So I believe very strongly in mentorship. I also believe that groups should have a quality facilitator. So I facilitate groups. I have four specific programs. I do specific educational consulting. And my focus there is to help future-proof a workplace and also to create a lifelong learning environment at the workplace. 
And of course, that includes delivering the people and soft skills. And then lastly, on the consumer family individual side, I welcome opportunities to work with families as their educational advisor. So a lot of families may retain a financial advisor or a planner. They might retain a trusted agent for their insurance needs. But how many families have an educational advisor that can help anyone in the family from age four or five all the way up until their 40s and 50s and beyond with educational decision making? So that's how I, um, that's how I address it. Do you find a lot of uh, families, a lot of um, people are looking for an educational advisor? Some are. Um, a lot of it, though, is a concept that I've learned along the journey, and it has different ways to be described, so I'm going to give it, a, I'm going to give it an, um, one possible definition, and I, and I promise you there's others. You have to basically create your own demand. So by explaining what your value prop is, you start with stating a problem, you look for a pain point, you look for a roadblock, you look for a challenge, an obstacle, you state that at base level, that means you're now a problem identifier. But rather than tipping the continuum in what I view, Jackie, as the wrong direction, which is to become a problem amplifier, you go the opposite direction and you say, okay, my business is in the um, art and the science of delivering solutions. So I am here to be part of your solution. Therefore, I'm a solution provider. And I am providing something that will tip the scales from being a, a lose-lose or a win-lose proposition to being a win-win. So I'm offering something of value, so I've now monetized it. And I'm saying it will help address these issues. So that is how I've been able to continue to gain momentum over the years. I'll be coming up on nine years later this year, counting the time I was side hustling. And it's an ongoing journey. And the pandemic has actually been helpful to me in a way when you properly define it, because pandemic school in all the countries, since pretty much the whole world was shut down for a while, pandemic school and home education or truly educating yourself are not the same thing. So it gave me opportunity to, again, continue to create my own demand. It's a great way to look at it. I, I was thinking the same thing, that you have to go out and show people what the service is before they're going to be looking for it, because most of them don't know what they don't know. It's a, you know until they realize that that's a service that, that they're lacking, they're not going to look for it. Um, one of the things that you mentioned in your little uh, um, intro letter was the law of progressive acceptance. Um, can you talk about what that is and, and what it means? Absolutely. I thought that would be of interest to your audience because you're addressing, you're addressing beyond retirement, being able to build, construct, walk down and, you know, have a journey to um, freedom, right? Well, progressive acceptance is going to play a role in that. So similar to my definition of a, of a couple moments ago, let me caveat this by saying that there's other definitions or ways to describe what I'm about to describe. So your audience, yourself, you know, Jackie, you might say, oh, okay, I know what you mean now. It's just I heard it in a different way. Right. So it starts out at one side of the continuum 
with creator builders and visionaries. They're about two and a half percent of any given population. They're the ones who are way out in front. They're, I self-describe and you know, your audience may see this eventually on video and I self-describe myself as a futurist. So I have elements of that 2.5% in my DNA. So that's the first side of the continuum. Then you slowly progress up to the next 13.5%, which is your early adopters. Your early adopters will instill in themselves, they will understand what leadership is, any of those four I described earlier, especially, you know, including thought leadership, and they will follow you. They will say, oh, okay, I see where you're going. I think this makes sense. So I'm on board. So you're now up to 16%. So 16 out of every 100 people that you meet are in those first two. Then you um, imagine, if you will, you're on a roller coaster hill now, and then you take that next big uh, jump up the uh, roller coaster, and it's 34% of the population are the early majority. So you get almost exactly half, 50, you know, literally half, 50 out of 100, one out of two people. The early majority, you're now getting more progressively accepting of the idea, the theme, the trend, etc. You crest the top of the hill, and you get another 34% on the downslope that are the late majority. Um, I like to compare the late majority to what I refer to as um, unhealthy skeptics. Okay, so unhealthy skeptics are the ones that are on the downslope. They'll eventually figure it out and join you, but they're going to have an awful lot of questions and it's usually going to be tinged with some sort of skepticism that is usually based on conventional wisdom or on what the mass media tells you to think um, or what the political class tells you to think, things like that, right? And then last but not least, this final 16% to get all the way up to the 100 is your laggards. So the laggards on the progressive acceptance literally are the ones that you almost have to drag along on the roller coaster. And I like to refer to them as the um, cynical Charlies. So they're so cynical that they literally cannot even be skeptical anymore. They've moved so far down that literally the entire 84%, 84 out of 100 people, uh, 42 out of every 50 are ready to roll. And it's like, okay. I get it now, and they're still they're still hanging out there waiting for the uh, you know waiting for the old way to come back or something like that. So that's what the law of progressive acceptance is. And when it comes to education, which again is my area of my most specialized knowledge, there's people that I run into on all all five of those, and you do what you can to reach them. But I do my best to leave out. The laggards, the vast majority of the um, late majority. So I'm primarily working with that first 50%. The ones that understand or, or at least recognize that there, is, there are changes to be made. They're not just sitting there going, we've always done it this way. Exactly. And that lines up very well, by the way, with that e-pathway, that entrepreneurial pathway. Because a lot of the people that are in those last two classes, those last two, uh, last 50%, tend to reside in areas of society, whether it's the A, academia, parts of the public service, definitely good chunks of the C, corporate, where it's been that way for 10 years, 50 years, 100 years, and, you know, they, they're insulated. And sometimes, regrettably, it takes a global pandemic for them to say, oh, wait a minute, there is another way. Yeah. And even then they fight. No doubt. 
the next thing that, because that law of progressive acceptance fits right into what I'm trying to relay to, the, to my listeners that, you know, there is something else out there and it doesn't have to be the way it's always been. You can, even if you've been a public servant for 35 years, you can step off that train and move on to a, you know, to a whole new thing for the next 30 years. You talked about how you can uh, walk away from where you are. And I liked what you said, you, retirement letter storytelling. And that's, that brings in mind to me the idea that you're telling your boss, you're doing whatever you, you are saying to leave, but you're, you're making up this new world, this new vision of what's out there and why you're leaving. Um, what's a retirement letter storytelling for you? Well, this is directly speaking of me, myself, and I here. So here's a short version of what I did. So I had started SBSL, and I'll briefly explain. I originally started SBSL in the latter part of 11, 2011, and my original vision for it was to be a family-slash-life coach and overlay leadership development. But then later on, I decided that my real true calling was in education, right? So as I made that journey, I still was conventionally employed throughout the first, you know, throughout the pivot into education. And then that's when I started to pick up some steam. And here is the other key to be able to tell the retirement, the retirement storytelling is I went through three phases and I even blogged about this. First of all, you have to go through a mental mindset stage or phase, which is part of the story. You have to make sure you get your head right because numerous people have said something similar to what I'm about to say. In between these um, two ears is about a trillion dollars of real estate. <laughs> and if you are allowing squatters or renters in there that are cynical Charlies, skeptical Sams, or negative Nellies, that retirement storytelling is going to take a lot longer. Okay? So the mental game is key. So... Everyone in your audience, new listeners, um, you have to come to your own conclusions because I believe in role modeling things. I don't believe in telling you what to do. So here's what I did. One quick example as part of the story. I took a ton of my DVDs because now we've gotten past that mostly. You know, you got LaserDisc, you got digital downloads and such, you know. But still back in the earlier part of the 2010s, it was still mostly DVDs. So I literally sold all of them except for 10 and I put a whole bunch of books on my shelf. So that was a part of the mental game. And then I also said, you know what, I'm disconnecting from pretty much the entire mass media and I'm going to consume content that is putting literally a detox of my trillion dollars. So that's the mental part of the storytelling. Then concurrently, perhaps, or maybe as a second, subsequent phase, you go through a social or cultural phase where you need to sometimes rebuild your entire network or start it from ground zero. So most of the people in my network, I used to have an old LinkedIn account, Jackie. Almost every single one of those people were people from my corporate life, from that C pathway. Plus, there was some scattered people from my high school and college days. I didn't believe that the vast majority of these people were going to be supportive on the progressive acceptance of the fact that I was getting ready to finish writing that letter. So I went ahead and said, you know what? I appreciate these people. If they want to find me, they want to talk to me later, we'll reconnect at some point down the storyline. 
but I went ahead and shut down that LinkedIn, wiped it clean, and I rebuilt it. And now I'm up to pushing 2,700 connections of people that I've met over the last number of years. So that's that social cultural detox. And again, it's, it's that law of association. It's that law, you know, it's that law of attraction. It's, you know, it's that um, encouragement edification that you need as part of the story. And then lastly, and we've already addressed this earlier as part of the uh, challenges, you got to get the financial piece right. So you have that financial economic piece. Because on my wall in my apartment that I live in, live in an apartment by choice, I love flexibility. I'm sort of a quasi-digital nomad, not quite fully. But I live in an apartment and on my wall, I have the producer's manifesto, which says that as part of the story, you need to shift to be a producer and you need to leave your consumer self behind. So that means that doesn't mean you never buy anything again. All of us have to buy food. We all have to replace our clothes, things like that. But you do the mental shift combined with the economic. And then that allowed me in the very tail end of 2014 to pen that letter on a Word document. I typed up a few paragraphs. I looked it over. I don't mind saying that I'm a man of faith here to your audience. I, I said a prayer. I hit send. I sent it to the two people who were above me in the conventional pyramidal hierarchy. And the next morning, I had a response from one of them. And I think it took them by surprise because the answer was one of the ones that you really don't like to hear, even though they think it's positive. They said it was like, good luck in your future, something like that. <laughs> and it's like, well, thanks a lot. It's as if I need luck. I've been planning this for three plus years, right? So. With that said, that's the story that I told as part of my retirement from corporate America from the Sea Pathway. Very nice. And that's um, one of the other questions I was going to ask was about your three phases, mental, financial, and social. You've gone through that now and how you have to put them all in order before you can walk away or before you can change what you're doing. I think you, uh, you have a few different products, a few different uh, programs that uh, are available to people. Would you like to talk a little bit about them? Absolutely. And I appreciate you asking. Um, and um, I will provide to you as the uh, hostess, Jackie, I'll provide you some links for show notes and such. But here's a few, here's a little verbalization of a couple of them. And I certainly won't get everything. But one of them um, is I am a huge believer under my group facilitation in what Napoleon Hill many years ago rolled out called the masterminds. So the mastermind concept was discussed in uh, Think and Grow Rich, as well as his sequel book, Outweighing the Devil. Numerous other thought leaders have talked about masterminds since Jim Rohn, I'm pretty confident, uh, Tony Robbins, etc. So one of my programs is I actually have two options. One of them is a lifelong learning mastermind. The other one is a futurist trends mastermind. So I offer those six month commitment between four and 12 people could come from any different types of society um, with the virtual world we live in today, even before the pandemic, that's a good way to bring people together. I also believe strongly because I started here and I suspect that some folks in your audience, newer existing and listeners downloads will identify with that side hustler, that side gigger. So 
after I met one of my informal mentors, and I almost wish that the sequence of events was changed, but there's always part of the story. He wrote a book about three, three and a half years after I started my journey as a side gigger. And once I found out that same year, this would have been 2015, which was my first full year of being on my own, I found out that he had written a book and had created a program that sole proprietors, one person LLCs, you know, consultants, et cetera, can opt into and deliver to help side giggers take their thinking and all those other pieces from being just a hobby or just a small trickle of income all the way to their, to their dream. So I facilitate that program. I also, um, I also believe in personalities and the importance of assessments, getting your social style, your temperament, and you understand yourself better and you can also relate to others better, which helps you to build a clientele, helps you to build that network. So I'm an authorized partner for what is called Everything DISC, D-I-S-C. So I'm a big believer in the DISC model. I appreciate the MBTI, the Myers-Briggs. I appreciate a few of the other models out there, but I've opted into DISC because I think DISC is one of the easier ones to explain. So I offer that. Um, and then I also have the Family Advisory Service, which I call the FAS for short. And again, that's certainly by definition for the families. It can be for a family of any size and it can help adults as well as uh, young kids. It can help um, teenagers. Um, it's all about imparting to them three things, the lifelong learning culture mindset, similar to that mental game piece I mentioned. It's all about um, the ability to understand that people's soft life skills are crucial. You need to be a life-ready citizen, not job-ready, not career-ready, not college-ready. All three of those are very mediocre. They're very same. They're average. I'm saying be a life-ready citizen. And then lastly, in the FAS, it's all about customizing the educational journey for every person to a minute degree, which means discussing educational philosophies at a deep level, discussing alternatives to conventional college, um, and basically diving in as deep as they want. And I do that on a retainer, and that's three, six, 12 months. Wow. So... That's just a small sampling of what I'm offering out there as an educational solutions provider. And I thank you for asking. That's amazing. Um, you're a busy man. If someone wanted to get in touch with you, uh, I guess it'll all be in the show notes, but is there um, somewhere in particular that they should be looking or that they should be going so that I can emphasize that? Um, absolutely. I will divide my answer into two parts based on who in your audience happens to listen. And of course, I will be absolutely promoting this because I want to help you. I want to help your audience. And I also want to serve my own community and my own tribes. So I'm going to divide my answer. First part is B2C. So your families, individuals. Second part would be B2B for any business people listening, especially if you have a workplace, um, not necessarily have to have a staff, but if you happen to have a staff, that's great. But if you're a sole proprietor, you know, solopreneur, that's just great. Cause guess what? I am and my father was. My father ran a business for almost 20 years. Um, so B2C, the best way would be coming through uh, my website, which is uh, servicebeforeselfleadership.com, all together, uh, no spaces, periods, or any other punctuation. And that's, again, what SBSL stands for. That's like um, a main funnel. So you start there, 
You'll see all the tabs. Um, I have an intake form, which is the top level of my funnel. You, I got an assessment. Got all sorts. Got a video page if you want to watch me on video. I got some audio clips of me talking. I got presentations I've done on another tab. And then, of course, from there, you can get to my social media on my contact page. I have a little list of all my social sites. I also have, for the B2C side, um, my Facebook business page, which you can find under SBSL. Type that in, and if you type educational solutions provider, should come up with no issue, and you can uh, like the page, and I'd certainly appreciate that. So those are probably the two best ways for uh, B2C. Okay. B2B, um, my LinkedIn company page would be better, and that would be SBSL, an educational solutions provider, and you can follow the company page. I also am glad to connect with you on LinkedIn directly, SJ Barraconi. I can do that for B2C as well. And then lastly, I am an advisor on a platform called Advisory Cloud, which allows you to book time with me to consult, especially if you are a larger business, mid-size or so, and we can see if we're a good fit for me to help you that way. So that would be if you're a little bit of a bigger enterprise rather than maybe just a solopreneur. So that would be the B2B side. So thank you for asking. That's a great question. And I will provide all these links um, for when this goes live. Perfect. So that you've got everybody covered. That's great. Um, I've got one, one last thing that I'd like to ask you. Since this podcast is designed for people who are contemplating moving on and, and stepping out maybe into the entrepreneurial world, but at least beyond a nine to five type job, What's the, the very best piece of advice that you would give to someone who is contemplating leaving their nine to five? I am going to start answering that and I'm going to give you two quick parts. I think they're both related, intertwined. First of all, some of your audience, maybe yourself, Jackie, is aware of a gentleman named John C. Maxwell. Yeah. John C. Maxwell said, when you are bigger than your purpose, you have a career. When your purpose is bigger than you, you found your calling. So you start with that and you can say that your career is equivalent in most cases to an occupation, which in the Latin is occupar, which means to take up space and time. Time is an irreplaceable asset. So you have to look at your nine to five and you have to really seriously think and pull yourself out of your familiar zone into your learning zone. You have to say, this is taking up my space and time. It's an okupar. It's occupying a chunk of my calendar. Is it bringing me joy and happiness? Is it bringing me fulfillment? Is it bringing me autonomy? Is it allowing me to be a master of what I want to be a master of like LP Jacks taught us? Or is it just a means to an end? Is it putting a paycheck in my account? And I am, I am being a problem amplifier or, or a problem identifier. Then you have, of course, the other side, which is the um, vocar in the Latin to be called your vocation, your calling. And then you have to look and say, okay, well, maybe I have a side gig or maybe I'm considering it. And you got to make sure that you ask yourself, is this going to provide everything that may be wanting or lacking, needing, et cetera, on the other side of the coin? And then if you can answer that, then you have made your decision. And then you just have to now take massive action on it. 
And it doesn't have to be perfect action because I don't know about Canada or other countries because I live in America, but I don't think you're going to find too many stretches of road that have all green lights the whole way. <laughs> you're going to run into a yellow, you're going to run into a red light, or as Spencer Johnson taught us in peaks and valleys, you're going to have a peak in a valley and it's not all going to be peaches and cream, even entrepreneurially in the e-pathway. But I encourage your audience to do not end up as a negative Nelly, a skeptical Sam, or a cynical Charlie. Take action, and if an opportunity is presented to you by someone, for the love of goodness, do not pull the shade down over the window, and do not answer the door and have them say five words and slam the door shut. Give them an audience, listen to them, or if you're doing it self-directed, put yourself into it and dig deep. Google page one is not digging deep, I'm sorry to say. You got to dig way deeper and you got to figure out in your heart, soul, spirit, and mind, is this going to allow me to take that step out of the nine to five and go beyond retirement? Because retirement, by the way, is not an age. Retirement is, do you have enough passive income? Do you have enough active income? Do you have your, your bill situation straightened out? Or are you now a producer instead of a consumer? So I know that's a little bit more of a Nunez answer, but hopefully that's of some value to your audience. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great, actually. And that's, I think, the very last bit of that is perhaps the most important part, that retirement isn't an age. Retirement is, a, is so much more than just an age. It, it's a whole phase of your life that, that can change everything for you. As you say, it's where your assets outweigh your, your um, liabilities where you can be free, where you, your time isn't tied to your income, where you can do what you want to do, where, where you know, you're moving forward the way you want to. I think that's, a, that's the, biggest, the biggest thing. And, and hopefully it's the goal for everyone to get to that stage where their freedom, their time is, is free and their ability to do what's good for them and what's good for the people around them is utmost in their mind, I guess. Anyway, I'm kind of rambling. <laughs> no, 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 you're, you're right on because when I see the word freedom, I see several pieces. I look at freedom as a hub and I know I used that analogy earlier, but I think it's a really good one because think about it. You ever been on an airline? You have a hub airport, right? Yep. You know, so I love that analogy and I don't want to overplay it, but I think it does apply to freedom too. There's different phases of, there's different pieces. There's time freedom, financial money freedom. I would also maybe even say, depending on your tradition, you may even say there's spiritual or faith freedom, um, maybe even political freedom or something, you know, civic freedom, you know, where you can volunteer freely there, you know. So that's what I'm saying about political freedom. It's more civics. It's like saying, well, hey, someone needs me at my, you know, at the, my favorite charity. I can go and help them for 20 hours a week and I don't have to worry about where my money's coming from. Yeah, exactly. So I see all these tied together. And again, in those first three pathways, academia, public service, corporate, a lot of the people, now there's always exceptions in all of them, are still selling that 60, 65, 70 thing. And I think we got to put that and bury that ghost already because it no longer works and it's time to move on. And yeah. um, I encourage your audience to don't listen to that quant quantifying of anymore. Listen to the quality of it now and say, well, hey, I can retire at 35 if I do the right things. Yep, exactly. And the quality of what you're giving has to be balanced with the quality of what you're getting back. And that, I think, is the, is the biggest thing that's changing in society now, is that the younger people coming up 
are looking at that quality a little bit more than people of, say, my generation and baby boomers are or were taught to. You know, we were taught, you, you know, you get, get an education, you get a job, you do it to the best of your ability, and then you're done. And that's just, that's just not the way it is anymore. And, and I don't think that we need to try to follow that path anymore. No, um, I think that path actually almost can lead into um, a cement wall for many. Yep. Or if you want to use another metaphor, another visual, close your eyes and say maybe it leads you into um, quicksand, you know, or a dense forest. Yep. It, it doesn't work anymore for most people. So you don't know what you don't know, but this is where mentorship, or even though I don't coach anyone, this is where a coach can help you. Or I do mentoring, mentoring can help you. Or be in a group program with a facilitator. Um, or if you're really strong-willed, you know, self-direct yourself. The bottom line is that pathway, that way of, of being is just not working and it's creating a lot of cynical people. It's creating a lot of skeptical people. And it's creating a lot of, unfortunately, dependent people. You know, dependency is not really a good answer. The answer is to be at minimum independent, but even better, as I have the word super connector attached to my brand, is being interdependent. And that is a really cool place to be. And I'm joyful to be able to say that I'm there pretty much every single day. And I wish your audience the same um, success. I don't believe in luck in the, you know, so I'm not going to say good luck to them. I'm going to say all the best. I'm going to say pursue things that are meaningful and impactful, that vocation. And I'm going to say, don't listen to the conventional wisdom, which usually isn't, it's conventional, but it's really wisdom. Yeah, exactly. Great. Well, thank you so much for being uh, with me today, SJ. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm sure that uh, the listeners have lots of new thoughts to go away with, lots of things to uh, to consider, and hopefully they'll start to uh, work themselves into ac actions. Absolutely. Um, it all starts with a, a defining where you want to go, learning from resources and, you know, people, you know, inanimate objects, you know, books, podcasts, etc. So you learn and then you do. You got to take that action because you can be an oracle on the mountain of whatever and you can have read everything and learned. But if you do nothing with it, then you're going to be back in your defined step. It's a straight line. And along the way, again, you're going to have some yellow and green lights. But um, keep at it. And um, I look forward to hearing of all your successes in some way, shape, or form. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. And that's our show for this week. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Beyond Retirement. I'm your host, Jackie Doucette. If you liked what you heard, please go to wherever you listen to podcasts, review the show, and leave me a rating. It helps me move up in the ranks and reach more people. If you've got any questions or comments, drop by my website, www.beyondretirement.ca, and leave me a short message. Thanks again for listening, and we'll chat again next week.